Alright, welcome back to Grindstone Adventures Podcast, episode number 7. I'm here with my buddy Brandon Schoen. Um, spent some time with him at Muskingum for about two years, maybe a little bit longer. I don't remember exactly when he transferred in, if it was the start of my junior year or if it was the end of my sophomore year. Um, but uh, technically he was a great ahead of me, uh, great guy. He's out there chasing his dreams and helping other people chase their dreams in the sports world and physical fitness world. So um, I'm looking forward to this one. We're going to get into a couple, couple memories from Muskingum, and then uh, we're going to talk a lot about what he's been up to because uh, I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm a track athlete by trade, and I, I just love fit, physical fitness, even though I'm not huge into it anymore. Phys- myself, I do what I can with my small apartment, but with that, uh, we'll bring him on here. How you doing today, bud? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm not too bad. I got up and, you know, got my morning going, got to church, and been playing Madden ever since. Sounds like a great day to me. Oh, it, it's a it's a beautiful day. If it wasn't cold, I probably would have went for a walk or hiked some trails, but I ain't trying to sweat and then get cold and sweat and then get cold out there. I don't need to know. I don't need to catch cold with how slow work's been. And when they call, I got to be ready. Oh, yeah, definitely. So you still over there in the Cincinnati Northwest area? Yeah, I am now. Um, I did move for a little bit. I was coaching college football, so I was an Autobahn up in Columbus. And just recently, um, about two two months ago, moved back to Cincinnati and accepted the defensive coordinator job in Northwest, so I'm back home. That's your old motto, isn't it? Yeah, that's where I went, yeah. Heck yeah. That's a dream job right there. It was. I couldn't turn it down. That's, and that's about to water by. And I was like, man, it's a job I've dreamed about forever. And, you know, just college wasn't for me. So I was like, let me get back into high school. And I was kind of just waiting. You know, I was going to finish out my two years and <clears> – <throat> Northwest called me, and I was like, man, I can't turn it down. Heck yeah, I'm coming back now. Yeah. So you still doing, like, your graduate program then, or were you a full-time coach? So I was the graduate program. I didn't finish it. Um, decided to go ahead and go a different route and just get a ton of certifications for strength training and then for my personal trainer, trainer business as well. So Yeah, I've seen all those. <laughs> you know, I, did, I think I knocked out, like, six in the last three months or something crazy like that. So I've been yeah, pretty busy with well, that. Yeah, I uh, I went to your Instagram and I like seen the stories page where all your certifications I went on there and wrote each one of them down. You, you you've been busy. Real busy. <laughs> hey, but that's how we're built, you know. Oh, definitely. Uh, man, it. I couldn't. I can't wait to be a coach, man. That I'm in graduate school right now online um, to get my teaching license. Yeah, I, I cannot wait to get back into the, te- the coaching area. Um, the year before you came in, I think, uh, yeah, it was the my sophomore year, so it was my first year where I was physically unable to play football because of my concussions. And the JV team, you know, season started. I traveled with varsity like I always did, and I went back and, you know, I did what I always did on weekends afterwards. Didn't, didn't wake up, go with the JV on Sunday the first week. And they got slaughtered. So then the next day, I think it was Monday morning, I was doing laundry. Um, you know, varsity's doing film and whatnot, and JV's off. And Coach Logan came up to me and was like, hey, you know the playbook still, right? And I was like, I know the defensive playbook still, yeah. And he's like, why don't you go on Sundays and coach the secondary for the JV? So I spent a, I spent a season coaching the JV secondary. 
Oh, that's crazy. I never knew that. That's crazy. Dude, you'll love coaching, man, especially high school. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I may keep my uh, visitor's pass on football, though, because I, I'm so passionate about football that, you know, with the way this society's rolling, I think it's a little bit softer on what I would be towards students. Oh, and so, I, it, so it is to an extent, but then you got the guys that they are, I, I, like I've noticed, man, there's some guys I can't yell at. There's some guys I have to yell at. Yeah. And, and you coach, it's like a difference between yelling and coaching with passion, you know? Yeah. And when you coach with passion, they'll do anything for you, they'll buy you, whatever you're saying. So, don't, I wouldn't second guess it yet. I'd go at least try it for a year, you know, see, see how it is. Because my first year, I mean, shit, I wasn't mature enough to be a coach yet. I mean, I would yell just to yell. And then my second <laughs> year, I learned, like, man, I don't have to yell. Like, these guys, they buy into what I'm saying when I yell with passion. You know, just more of a talk without, like, yeah, talk with, like, a sense. And be a little loud, but you don't have to yell at them. Like, like I mean, I've told kids straight up, like, man, you're not going to play if you don't show up. Like, I just keep it real with them. Instead of like, yelling at them, yeah. man, you ain't showing up, blah, blah, blah. You know, it changes everything. Just the way you talk to them is all it is. But, yeah, I think you I think you love coaching, man. You'd be really good at it. you got to give it a shot. you got to. Well, I mean, I mean it's, it's not an impossible thing or impossible thing to try and because I'm definitely wanting to be a head track coach. Like, that, that's been a dream for years and years. Before I even got to college, I want to be a head track coach. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I'd want to be a head football coach, but I definitely could be a defensive coach. Like, my mindset when I played, my mindset – I mean, you heard me on the sidelines and stuff. I was nuts on the big plays and stuff. Always. <laughs> I, I mean, I almost got kicked out of a few games, I remember, even as the equipment manager. I, I, only, only you though. Only you would try to get kicked out as an equipment manager. Hey man, the passion just comes out. Like I remember, uh, you remember Mitch Hasman? Yeah, I remember Mitch. Yeah, that's my guy. So Mitch and I forget who all used to like. Whenever defense was out there and uh, stuff like that, I forget who hung out with Mitch all the time on the sidelines. But I, I would always be near Mitch for some reason. And I remember the John Carroll game. Um, you remember their one corner. Uh, that I don't even remember what he looked like or what number he was my size maybe a little skinnier black kid that uh, had a rep, like a revolution helmet like yeah he was real good yeah I remember we used to like we, we'd stay on the sideline throw so much shade at him be like what you got a punter helmet on for like what are you what are you playing de- starting defense for with a, a punter helmet and like just try and get in his head a whole game and uh, yeah it was the one referee overheard me say some things that probably shouldn't have been said on the sideline anyways and Coach Logan had to have a talk with me, but yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of talks with Coach Logan about my sideline etiquette. I believe it. That's why it was so clean and smooth whenever Coach Eider came in and, you know, you guys took over after all the guys I played with left. So there was definitely, a, like, I, I, I seen the transition and stuff and was able to realize I couldn't act that way with, you know, a whole new coaching staff that didn't know me. Yeah, right. But I'll tell you what, Coach Jader's got it figured out, man. He, he, He's good, man. He, I, I mean, I bought in because his first year was my, was my second year in Muskegon. And I was his guy from day, from day one, and that was my guy. I mean, we talk at least once a month still. Even when I was coaching Otterbaum, we still talking. Right. I, I, I understood his vision, man. I knew he was going to get turned around. He just needed a couple of years. And oh, yeah. Playing them this year, they were tough. They, they had some guys up there that could play here He's got he's got a system in place and it's it's rolling. Like he's got stuff going. He's a good coach. He I'm excited for it. He has a good he deserves it all. I, I'm excited for it. I mean, I love Coach Logan. Um, obviously, he's the one that brought me in and stole me away from Division Two athletics. Um, but 
I, Coach Logan on, on the field was a, a totally different person than what he was off the field. But oh, yeah. I admired that because, like, it was it was that war type mentality, like battle mentality. You step on that field in between them white lines, and he was ready for war. He didn't care who you were. But outside the white lines, it didn't matter, man. He had your, he had your back. If you gave him the respect he earned and deserved, and you did what you were supposed to do, he he had your back no matter what. He definitely did, man. I remember telling Coach Butzel, I was like, I don't even know if Logan knows my name, like. Does he even like me? Like he knows like, everybody's name. It was like it was like during camp, and he, I said that to him. And I heard it to Wetzel. He said something to Logan, and I went in his office to get something. He was like, "Brandon," I'm just like, "Yep, I know who you are. Don't worry." <laughs> and I, all season we didn't really talk because you know how it is. Logan's on offense, I was on defense, and yep. I think it was, it was after the Mount Union game. He told me something. He said, "Man, we're gonna build some stuff, some stuff around you." And, like, I like the way you played today. And ever since after that game, the rest of the offseason, until they made the switch, he was always talking to me. Like, that's when I started to like him a lot. After the season, I got to know him as a person. Because, you know, when you first come in the far, first fall there, it's football, football, football. You don't really get to know the coaches besides your position coach outside of, the fo- outside of football. Yeah, 100%. Like, I remember when I first came in, um, it was, you know, I, I quit my football my senior year of high school. I, I had had enough of the politics and the name game, and I, I had said enough is enough, and I went and played soccer and enjoyed my time in high school with my buddies. And it actually benefited me in track. I ended up doing, I missed state by one spot by three seconds or something like that. And, I mean, it paid off for me in what I chose to do. But Logan, I I was told I'd get a half-ride scholarship or an opportunity to do a walk on at Ashland University for track and field. I think we've we've discussed this because you know you went to Notre Dame College for a year, right? Yeah, I transferred a ton of times. I went to Notre Dame for a semester, played a little bit as a freshman. Um, financially, this wasn't financially just wasn't working out. So I came home to community school for a semester, and then I went to Hanover for a year, and just I I struggled academically. Football, I wasn't getting the playing time I wanted. Um, it was just a lot of stuff. Like, yeah. It wasn't there, so I left and finished my last two years in Muskegon. Yeah, so yeah, you know the you know how important athletics and stuff is to Division Two, especially the GLIAC. So, like the fact that they were getting ready to offer me a half ride or a walk on spot to their track team, which their track team is nationwide renowned, still to this day. My buddy went there and won a couple. Well, it's not even a couple ton, a ton of the championships. Well, was, I forget his name. He was a hurdler. He was a 400 hurdler, 110 hurdler, and a 400 runner. Yeah, uh, Miles Pringle. Yes, Miles Pringle. Dude, I look up to him still. I follow him on Twitter. I'm, like, looking for races and stuff. I don't think he's been out much yet this year, but season's early. So, But yeah. I, he was one of the guys I looked up to heavily from the time I got to Muskingum and started running 400 hurdles, like, so I definitely I know who you're talking about, even though I've never personally met him, which is crazy how small the world is. But yeah, so Logan looked at me on a recruiting visit because uh, the track t- coach at Muskingum uh, got me to go down there for a visit, and I told him I was interested in football too. And so he got me in touch with Logan, and then Logan looked at me. He's like, "Yeah, you can you can do two sports down here, and you can still thrive." And that that's a hard thing to do in Division Two. It's not impossible there's division one athletes to do it obviously but it it was just more more of a homey thing at muskingum so when i ran my last race in high school it was actually at muskingum's track and the ashland coach that was recruiting me came up to me he's like so you ready to come run for us because what he had 
made me he made me a deal before the season started. He's like, all right, you're at this time. You need to drop seven seconds or something to be able to qualify for, you know, just half ride and stuff like that. And by the time I finished my regional final race up, I had still a second and a half or two seconds to drop to get to that qualifying time. He came up to me. He's like, yeah, I've seen the work you put in. It's possible. Uh, we want we want to bring you in. I was like, you know, I appreciate it, but uh, I'm home. Uh, I'm sticking with this track right here. I'm I'm gonna run track and play football for Muskingum. So I came in, you know, not having a year of football under my belt, and it was a whole new situation. I was overwhelmed. You know, didn't know anybody. Had to relearn concepts and stuff like that, which was pretty simple, like riding a bike. But it, I know that that feeling coming in like whoa what's going on here like i don't know what's going on i don't know anybody i'm nervous i don't want to mess up stuff like that so i couldn't imagine doing it you said like three or four times i couldn't imagine that three times for football dude i think that's why our senior year in muskegon it was just so natural for me because it was the first place i actually established and stayed somewhere right so I didn't have to learn. I mean, yeah, granted, I had to learn a new playbook as new coaches, but shoot, it was simple. Like, I'm with my guys, you know? Right, but you guys started the culture there. You, you guys yes. were there to, for the start of the turnaround. Definitely. And I'm not taking anything away from Coach Logan, but, you know, the most games we won, I think, when I was there was three to four games with Coach Logan. So. Yeah. We did four in our first year with Eider, so. Yeah, like, and it was similar with Geiger, even though I wasn't playing. I mean, I had to go through after I wasn't able to play more, and like I was, my job on campus was to clean the locker room, and to do that I had to go into Logan's office while he was in there in the early mornings, and I had to take his trash out and vacuum his carpet and stuff like that, and like it was intimidating because I didn't really know the guy, but that's ultimately how I got to know him, and you know I got the equipment manager spot, and then uh, I still had that job and stuff when Yager came in, and it was like. It was repeating the process, and that's how I got to know Yader. He was, he was my guy. He was a great guy. I'll tell you what, you know what's crazy? What's that? Um, Muskegon recruited me out of high school, too. I didn't like it at all. I hated it. Really? But I was also getting a couple D2s. had a walk-on spot at D1, so I was like, ah, I'm not going here. But then I also, like, I remember Darius, like, committed the day we both took the visit there. I'm like, dude, I, I hate this place. I'm not coming here. <laughs> And I was like, man, it's not me, you know, middle of nowhere. Like, I, I fuck this. I'm going to school in the city. Right. And boom, I ended up there, and that was the best decision I ever made. I took it all the time. Like, I love that place. Oh, yeah. I talk about the village all the time. Like, man, that's, that's my home. That's my second home for sure. Yep, it, it still is for me. Like, I was up there last week. I, I stopped and visited some of my old fraternity brothers. Well, they weren't my physical brothers because they're they're all, like, three years younger than me. So they they came in after I graduated, but I stopped in, you know, did the did the alumni status at the fraternity, dropped the dropped some stuff off for them, and then when I had to leave, I left, and you know, I, I seen the after aftermath of it in Snapchat, but oh yeah, I, I love that place, and I'm excited to see what they can do and all the improvements and stuff they're doing down there. Oh yeah, I can't wait to go to the homecoming game. You know, that'll be my first time back in a couple of years. I'm gonna actually the guy that owns the gym that I rent at. Um, and owns like a school it's a charter school called Don Prep in Cincinnati he actually went there back in the 90s and played under Haycock and he's me and him are going to drive back together and go to homecoming um, you actually might have met him your freshman year with Darius he came to talk to you guys Baron Camp yeah yep yep I remember him yeah so me and him are actually really tight now so we're going to come back together and you know go check out the new stadium and see how everything looks oh yeah 
Oh, yeah. Uh, you got to get Darius Lewis into this one at least, or the one where I, I just finished one up. It drops uh, next, next or this coming Friday. It was uh, Nick Thomas and Nick, or Tom McCauley. Um, we, we, took, we took a little shot at Darius, you know. We, we had to. Basically said that all wide receivers are prima donnas. Oh, Darius will tell you he is. I'm tell you. Oh, I know he will. After, after he sees, well, I told him today that I was doing this with you. He's like, oh, you can get me on the call. Like, he means, he's like, I need one, too. Oh, heck yeah, I'm, I'm down. Oh, he, he hasn't accepted my friend request on Facebook for years, but I don't think he even knows how to use Facebook, to be honest with you. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Darius, ever since I met him freshman year, like, me, well, I'm not going to say, like, we were – tight or anything like that but we never had issues we were we always like there was a good vibe whenever we were together and you know i, I played safety when i was there so I, I had to be humbled every time i looked at him across the line of scrimmage you know my my ass ain't running with him and he, he's got the shimmy and the shake that made him special and i was just a hard-headed you know i'm a downhill safety type of person so yeah but it, it it was always fun. Like, I remember hanging out with Darius during camp. You know, we weren't allowed to leave or anything like that. And we just hung out with football players. I got a wild appreciation for how Darius came up and stuff like that. So, it definitely one of the best guys I've met from there. I mean, he's, he's goofy. I'll put it that way. He's goofy. He is. I tell him all the time he's one of my best friends that I can't get rid of, even if I try. I try. <laughs> Hey, no, no one better though. For sure. I, I, I mean, I seen. Uh, I know you didn't get to see or didn't get to play with him, but uh, Darius's mentor at Muskingum, uh, the wide receiver, Damon Jones. He, I played with Damon. I played did, with Damon for a year. Did what, was he there when you came in? Yeah, he was a senior by uh, my first year there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, dude. Those two together, that was trouble. But uh, that was. Trouble on campus, off campus, but it was definitely trouble for defensive backs. Yeah, oh yeah, they were they they didn't get the respect a lot of times they deserved. They didn't have the stats that other kids in the league did, but right, they could play, they could play with the best. Of them. Damon yeah, had Damon had incredible hands. Like, didn't matter the situation. That man was catching the football. Yeah, but he also had it. You know, the same problem Darius had whenever that one play we'd run where uh, it was like a throwback or something like that, where they were always wide open for like 60-yard touchdowns. Both of them had multiple, I remember, called back because of showboating. <laughs> Both of them. So, yeah, that, I mean, I got a lot of respect and, you know, a lot of memories missing playing with those guys and then going through the system and walking across the stage with all you guys. That that was, that was some of the best memories I got. Oh, dude, I remember vividly you uh, on, on the day we were, we were walking, like coming up to me and Nick Thomas. I remember it vividly. Just was it the actual graduation day or the yeah, couple days actual, prior? <laughs> the actual graduation day. We're all sitting there in line and you walk up to me and Nick Thomas. I just remember it so much. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, because a couple days prior when we, we went to the new library and stuff for seniors and stuff like that, that that, that was not the best picture of me in public. <laughs> There's actually pictures of me with sunburn because I went, like, I got out of class about 2 o'clock or something like that, sat on the back porch of our house, and, you know, we, we did what we did, and I got sunburnt in the rolls and stuff I got from getting a little chunkier. I'd stand up, and there were just white lines that looked like I had a six-pack of sunburn. 
That's funny. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what though, I wouldn't trade those days for anything. No, I, I, I don't miss going to school at all, but I definitely love the memories that we had there. Oh yeah, I, I, I appreciate that because, like I said, I'm in grad school now. It's all online. It's simple process. Classes are all structured the same way. But yeah. doing the homework and stuff like that, that I still hate doing homework, man. I hate reading books when I'm required to read it. I want to read something that I I take interest in. Definitely. But, uh, oh, man, that, I'll tell you what. Since we're on the topic of memories, we'll, we'll, we'll stick with it a little bit longer. Let's see if your favorite memory of on the field matches the one I have of you. So what's your favorite memory that you can think of on the field? Dude, I, I, I probably have to say there's two of them. They're hard to choose between. Um, the first one's when we're playing Audubon is the quarterback tried to scramble out to the left <clears throat> towards our sideline, and I ran all the way across the field and got the sack and just got up and started talking so much shit to him. <laughs> uh, I remember that like, play. Dude, I, I, I got the picture in my phone still. I got, like, Cardell printed the picture for me. It's hanging up in, in the football office. That was one of my great memories. Like, just the... Like, that would just describe my career right there, like the passion I had to get there. And I said, I think that's probably a close second, but the one that really tops it is that pick six in moments. That's, that's the one I, that's the one that lives rent free in my head. Like, dude, I, uh, I don't even like, when, when I dropped the ball, I didn't realize I was 40 something yards out. <laughs> I thought I was only like 20 yards away from the end zone. And I remember just laying down, like, acting like we were all in the end zone, taking pictures of me, acting like we was turning, and then. Coach Walker looking at me like, hey, I need you on kickoff. I'm like, man, give me a second. He's like, oh, I ain't got nobody for you, big fella. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm like, all right. Like, and I, I, yeah, that, that pick six was amazing. You know, the only reason I got it is because the receiver forgot to run around. Hey, that, that doesn't matter, though. And, dude, it's, I mean, shit, I, I mean, we might have lost that if that didn't happen. Because it was a close game. It, it definitely it came down the last couple plays, but that was, that was definitely a momentum shift. Like, I remember walking in pregame. A little bit of light drizzle and stuff like that, and like the vibe of that pregame warm up and everything, it just felt right. Like that was our day. Yeah, and then that, that was a that was a that was a that was a fun game. Oh yeah, like, that pick six. Yeah, I remember that forever, man. Like I've got I've got the video on YouTube or something. Like it's somewhere I've got to save to where it can never be gone. Like hell yeah, because like, people always tell me, man, you ain't got no hands, Brandon. Like yeah, you don't. I got a pick six. Yeah. Yep. You, you can always throw that right back at him and be like, hey, whoever said linebackers in Division three college can't catch, Muskingum linebackers can catch. Mick Fischel had interceptions. Zach Berry had interceptions. Chaney had a lot of interceptions. You had interceptions. Nick Thomas got one or two, I believe. Oh, yeah. It, it's a bloodline there. Yeah, we, for a while we had some, some really great ranked linebackers, like, you know, just – one after another, one after another, just kept coming. Oh yeah, did uh, do you remember if Drew moved down the D line your senior year or? Yeah, my senior year they moved him to D line. He had he played D line uh, for two years and then he's in the service now. I think. He's no kidding, I, I haven't heard anything from him or seen anything. Man, you know that's my guy. You know they used to call us the uh some of the linebackers used to call us pitbull and bulldog they said we were both built like dogs oh yeah 100 so they, uh, they would they would call us that that was my guy we would call each other twins and yeah man we uh last time i heard from him he was in the army or navy one of the two i can't remember which one good for him I, I hope he's doing well i know i used to give him you know i used to throw some shit for him because wasn't he from like Steubenville or something like that 
Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah. So, and, like, I used to, I'm from Carrollton, and that's where I went to high school and stuff. So, I mean, I, I was very well acquainted with Steubenville. I never played them in football, but, like, their reputation got around because they were they're one of the best programs or were one of the best programs in that side of the state for some time. Yeah. Like, their coach was a genius, but also a Bill Belichick shady type guy, too. <laughs> I said we won't get into that, but there there was definitely a major court case that went viral. But uh, yeah, I mean, let me ask you this because I tried to explain this to a couple people, and I don't know if they agree with me or not. So that holding call in the the Super Bowl, I know you're a Ravens fan, so you were watching that game objectively, hopefully. Um, But that holding call towards the end of the game, where the linebacker was on Cooper Cup. And Cooper Cup stumbled. He he stumbled. And my thought is that was a clean, clean like the defense was clean, but because it was a linebacker on the number one receiver in the middle of the field with not a lot of perfect line of sight, the offense is getting that call every day of the week and twice on Sundays. They're getting that every day. But as a linebacker coach and a former linebacker, we're telling our guy that was perfect coverage. Fucking coverage. Perfect. Do it again. I'm, I'd be on the sideline do it again. They miss, like, and I, I've been trying to, you know, obviously being from Cincinnati, uh, a lot of my friends are Bengal fans, and I told them, like, maybe I keep saying that the refs miss calls for y'all. They did. Oh, yeah. They also miss calls for them, too. Like, what about that T. Higgins touchdown? Right, right. Jalen Ramsey's face. Like, so they miss calls on both sides. But yeah, as a linebacker, that was a clean, that was perfect. That's right. Like, that's perfect right there. I tell everybody, like, don't matter what kind of situation, whether it's game on the line or not, like, the linebacker's getting called for holding right there every day of the week, no matter what. And it, it, it sucks because that's just the way the game is thought of. But, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely, you know, I, I'm a Steelers fan, which you know, so I was watching that game rooting for the Rams because I, I don't want to hear Cincinnati guys all up on my ass next year because I'll have to deal with the Browns already. But uh, so hopefully you guys, uh, your coach makes a – Good decision. Let's Andre Villanueva go. I mean, I love the guy as a person, but he is not a very good left tackle. Yeah, I have no clue what they're going to do. I've heard rumors about we're going to pay Lamar, we're not going to pay Lamar, we're going to pick up this guy, get rid of this guy. Like, there's no, you never know until training camp. Happens. Right. If they don't pay Lamar, that's that's a crime. Yeah, he needs to get paid. And you guys need to pay your backup quarterback too, because that nothing in your system changes with with the backup. Oh, great! He fits exactly what we want to do. Yep. But uh, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think they're able to get him. I think somebody's gonna try to try to try to take him home. Yeah, I think he's gonna. If I had to guess, he's probably gonna go to like Houston or something because I see Deshaun Watson being moved early this this camp and stuff like that because there was multiple deals that were close, but no one could finalize it. Now people are like, all right, you know, Cincinnati went from worst to first, so. It's possible to make some moves, and the Rams won a Super Bowl after trading away their next, their first round picks for the next twelve years. So, yeah, it's always about win now, right? Win right. Now, win. Fix it later. Right. I mean, to each their own. I don't know what kind of strategy I'd have I mean, if I was that situation. You know what I mean? But yeah. All right. So now that we went down the rabbit hole. Of good memories. Um, so give us a. The walkthrough of uh, Dreamcatcher training. Um, what, what led you to it? What, what kind of what What have you had to learn along the way? And you know, 
what have you grown from? What are you what are you hoping to become? Yeah, man, so it's it's been a journey. So actually what people like we don't know is I've been training my best one of my best friends who played Wilmington and plays professional arena ball. He actually just texted me, they like, Hey, I passed my conditioning test, I got the best trainer in the world. And I always tell him all the time, No, you don't, man. You put the work in, I just give you the blueprint. But we've been working out together since we were sophomore my sophomore year of college. Yeah, going into my sophomore year of college, we started training together. And he would always be like, man, make the workouts, make the workouts. Like, you like this shit? I'm like, all right, fine. Like, I would even make O-line drills for him when we do field work. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to train, kind of don't. Well, then I actually came up with the name Dream Catcher Training going into our senior year of college. I just needed some extra money. <laughs> so I tried to do it, like, as a little side hustle in the summer. Um, <clears throat> I had, like, one or two people work out with me. Nothing, nothing crazy happened. So just kind of was like, yeah, it is what it is. Well, then got home after we graduated college and was working at a high school at Northwest, actually, and was like, man, I need something else to do. Like, I need some extra money and started training. Like, a couple kids I like, one of my buddies was working out with me, and he lost, like, 30 pounds. I'm like, well, shit, I just helped him lose 30 pounds. Like, I, I know I could do this shit. So, right. then, like, a couple of my kids I, I coached, they started coming with me. They started working out with me. And I was like, you know what? We're going to go ahead and get this a brand. So, I... Uh, got the logo made by Chase. He went to college with us. Chase Longhauser. Yeah, he makes me he made my logo. He made my first logo, and then he made my second logo. Now that I, I kind of went with because it's like more professional look to it. Yeah. <laughs> so he, um, like you know, I just started real small. I was doing like a side hustle. It wasn't charging much. I was just trying to make some extra money here and there. And then <clears throat> I would say last year, um, I stopped doing the landscaping business with Giannis, and was like, you know, I want to do training full time, and. So I went ahead and just put my all into it. Was kind of doing all right, and then I um, <clears throat> went ahead and went to Audubon. So I kind of took a break from it. And I was like, dude, I iced it. I was like, I hate, I was getting tired of training. Then I started missing it when I was not doing it. And started doing it and decided to go get go to bring a gym out. Because I was doing it uh, in a barn at my mom's house. That's like a small little barn, made a little workout room in it. And was trying to make it work. And was trying to, you know, keep cost as possible. The best thing I did was go rent this facility out with one of my former trainers who is probably the main reason I started training is because he's one of my mentors. Like it's like him and my dad, like they're two of the people I've always looked up to. And he like for the fitness side, he always taught me how to do everything. Like everything I've ever done training myself, my friends, anybody was from here and I learned from him. So I started doing it because that and just kept going. It's been growing. And I started off trying to do just football players. Like man, I was like, that's what I know. All I know is football. I'm just gonna be football player. I remember telling people, no, I can't train y'all. I'm doing football players. Then I started training a couple, like, you know, boys, men, whoever you want to call like, that was just wanted to get in shape. Like, all right, I can do that. Then I had a couple girls I went to high school hit me up. So they were like, all right, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot. And now I train everybody. Like, dude, I got the youngest person I have is six, and the oldest person I've trained is, like, 55. So like, I've trained all ages, all different goals. It might be lose weight, gain weight, put muscle on, tone up. Help with my flexibility, you know, just help with my pain. Like, so I do a little of everything. The biggest thing I learned is, is you gotta learn how to be patient. Like, and like I've got a couple guys that feel like, man, you were totally different when you coach and you train. I'm like, yeah, because when I train, I don't have to yell at you. I don't have to be passionate. Like, I just need to get you to understand what I'm saying. Right. To reach your goals, I don't have to scream at 50 kids to get them going. So I'm calm. Like, I'm a totally different person. I've learned that you gotta. It's like the same thing with teaching people, or you know. Being a coach, like you coach people different ways, you train people different ways. So every workout I make is unique to a different person. Like I've had some people, like I'm like, hey, 
I don't think you should rent, you should work out with them because they've been training with me for three years. They're more advanced. Like just straight honest with you. Like if you want to get the best results and they want to keep getting the best results, you guys got to train by yourselves or train with a different group. So that's the biggest thing that I've learned is man, you've got to always learn and understand that everybody's different. Like your body's different than mine. Like what helps me get stronger might be this not might not be the same for you. Right. And that's been my biggest thing that I've learned. It's been man, it's been a blessing. Like I'm. I'm actually getting ready to do a dodgeball tournament at the gym I train at because we got basketball courts and a football field there as well, volleyball courts. So um, I think March 20th is the date. I'm actually hosting a dodgeball tournament, you know, just trying to do stuff. And it's an adult dodgeball tournament. Do stuff with people our age and you know, help them, like, do something. So, yeah, that's kind of the dream catcher training story. Man, that's awesome. Like, there's a lot of lessons in that that can be taken for anything outside of the training, too. Dude, I think the biggest lesson I've learned is like it's a process. Like, and it's and like I was just talking with my buddies last night about it was an army. Um, everything in life's a process. Like, and the training has been a process. Like, I could have quit multiple times. Like Darius, Darius has said it one time. He was like, "Why are you gonna? Why are you say I believe in you, but like, why are you jumping into a third business? Because I had did uh, like a construction business, like home improvement with one of my best friends, and it just didn't work. We were like that's still one of my best friends, but we just couldn't." Um, work together because he just he wasn't ready he wasn't mature enough to be a business owner because now he does it himself and he's killing it but back then three or four years ago he wasn't ready for it um, and then me and Giannis did the landscaping and we worked well together we had a blast every time we worked it was fun like it was killing it making good money and I was like well, this isn't what I want to do forever I was like I want to own a business and I want to do some other businesses but I want to run those and actually train like that's what I want to do for a living and I was like man let me go ahead and better myself I think the biggest thing is trust the process it may not take a day. It might take four years like it took me. And, you know, you'll finally see results and you can never give up. And always believe in yourself. Like I always say, double down and bet on yourself. Yeah. And so that's, that's pretty similar um, with the one episode that I did with Kane Conley. Um, he, he played football down there with Skangham for a year, I think. Uh, but he, he was there for two years and then circumstances took him away from Skangham. Um, but still one of my best friends to this day. Uh, and he, he's uh, he makes music. He edits. He he produces music for other people and stuff like that. Like that that's been his thing, and he's been doing it since he was in high school. And like that's what we were talking about. He's like it, it just takes time, man. You gotta you gotta trust the process. You gotta be patient. You gotta just just keep working. Oh yeah, because you, you never know. You never know when your big break's coming. Like, and that's what I tell you know my biggest thing. I've been telling like a lot of kids I train and I mentor a lot of kids here and. I'm like, man, you got to lose before you can win. Like I said, if I didn't fail with the first business and then, you know, me and Giannis decided to go our own ways, like that's my best friend to this day, but we just decided like, he, I want to grow with this. And I was like, I want to grow with this. And, you know, it was no harsh feelings, but I was like, shit, I still consider it a loss sometimes because I had to start over. And really right. Focus on that. So that was a loss, but like, man, me and Giannis, tell, we talk about all the time, we, we lost all the time doing landscape and trying to figure out like pricing and how to do stuff, buying equipment that was crap. And then you gotta lose to win. Like I couldn't, I couldn't be where I'm at with training and shit. I'm not even. I don't even think I'm all the way winning yet. You know what I'm saying? It's right. still a process. And I'm, I think a lot of people are starting to see the sparks of it. Like, man, you're killing it. I'm like, man, you guys don't realize I was killing it five years ago before you guys knew who I was. Like, right. It's it's just winning in the dark. You know, it's like I said, you gotta lose to so you gotta lose to win. Right. You, you know who uh, Les Brown is? Yeah, I, I, I like Les Brown. You know. My guy is Eric Thomas, man. I love Eric Thomas. And Dude, ET is crazy. Like when I wake up in the morning, and I do my prison workouts here in my uh, uh, my apartment. 
like I I throw on some like five minute ten minute ET videos and you know I just crank out what I'm doing to him. It, he he's phenomenal. But uh, Les Brown has a saying. He's like, uh, uh, I'm gonna throw a little contradictory to it here in a second, but uh, I want to get your opinion on it. So he says, uh, when you if you fall backwards and you fall on your ass, you fall down on your back. He's like, that's perfect because that means if you can look up, you can get up. You know what I mean? And then uh, Denzel Washington, he says, uh, you know what? People are always saying, you know, you gotta have something to fall back on. He's like, I don't want to fall back on anything. If I'm gonna fall, I want to fall forward. You know, fall forward in everything you do. If you fail, fall forward because that means you can keep moving forward. You see where you're gonna land. Yeah, I agree with that, man. Because that's, that's that's literally the same thing as what I'm saying. You gotta lose to win because you've gotta fail. You gotta like when you fail, it can't be oh shit. I'm taking ten steps back. Shit, I'm going ten times harder now. Right. I gotta get past where I was. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that, man. You know, I, the way I look at it, you know, I'm this is. Grindstone Adventures podcast and uh, Grindstone Adventures actual hunting and outdoors channel, they're they're in their infant stages right now. Like I'm just now beginning. The podcast is going to be more more produced and more done than the channel at the moment because hunting season it's over and I start it late in the year or late in the season. So there's not a lot of stuff I can throw out there, but I can you know in my mind I'm like all right I got to make. Small things here and there. Keep people interested. Keep them. Keep it on their radar, even if it's in the back of their head. But use the podcast to gain popularity. Get more people interested. Let them know who I am, what I'm, what I'm about, and what it is. And the way I like, whenever I'm down or I'm feeling like stuff ain't working, or I don't want to get on the computer and do the editing, or I don't want to listen to the playback. I just think of it in my head, like, you know, it, it's football field. Like that's how I picture life. You know, um, it's four quarters. You got four downs. You know. Whenever you lose 10 yards in a sack, you know, you got those immature quarterbacks like, all right, now I got to I gotta make something out of nothing here, even though I got three or two more, three more downs to make up what I just lost. You know what I mean? So instead of calming down, trusting your process and, you know, working your way back up gradually, not taking that home run shot, they'll, they'll throw that home run shot and then they'll get picked off. And then what do, what do you get from that? Or, you know, you're, you lost the first half. Great, you lost first half. Now you know what not to do in the second half. Come out zero zero. You know that that's the hardest thing for me right now because of how small and how infant stages I'm in right now. But at the same time, you know, I can take a couple days off, reset my mind, and be able to come back to this stuff fresh and grind out. Like I uh, edited one video yesterday. I put, I made sure I cleaned one up and got it ready and got it scheduled for uh, upload yesterday and then I busted out you know like I said I'm doing homework all the time I, I just did all the homework assignments today and finished this class even though it's not over till Wednesday so I mean there's days where like you, you got to be able to reset you got to know your body you got to know who you are and you're it's okay to take breaks during your, your process to get to your goals oh yeah definitely now, honestly you have to take breaks because if you don't you're going to burn out and your goals are going to fail anyways oh man I, uh, when I like when I got back home and started training again I was doing seven days a week, and I was just dead. So I, I told a couple of my clients like, "Hey, we gotta do your sessions if we can. Like it is what it is. I gotta take Sundays off. Like I need one day to just relax and do what I want to do, and not have to worry about training. Like I was getting burnt out, and do one day off is fine with me. Like I'm good. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, you know how we've been trying to get this set up for a couple of weeks, man. And my schedule's crazy. Like every night. Oh yeah. Working, working. 
between working at the school and training and doing stuff on the weekends. Like, I'm busy. Like, I was like, but that one day off is all I need. Right. I I can go. Like, I mean, before I took a day off, I think I worked like 24 days straight. I believe it. High school and training. Like, but you know how I am, man. I'm a go getter. And, like you said, like, in the day, you got to find a way. You got to take a break here and there. But when it's time to go, shit, you pick it right back up and keep going. But you got to take the breaks. Right. You got to have the mental, physical breaks. Like, just. Just relax, you know, get away from stuff, do something fun. Yeah. Like whether that's yeah. something for some people it's hunting, for some people it's working out, for some people it's getting a donut. You know what I'm saying? You get right. a what your what your release is and take that break or you're gonna be done. Oh yeah. I mean I, I that was my entire mentality while we were there at Muskane, because you know, I'm I worked for the football team, I worked for the school, I ran track, so I and I was one of the new member educators for my fraternity. I did not take many days off at Muskegon whatsoever. And then there's days where, like, I'd get so burnt out. I'd sit, I'd, you know, my way of doing things in college is different now because I don't drink at all anymore. Oh, yeah. I remember you saying that. I remember when you posted on Facebook, and I was so proud to hear that from you. Like, it's yeah. like you were just a different person now. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, in college, there wasn't a weekend I wasn't drunk. You know, yeah. that's just, and it's not saying I, that that was my release. I'm not saying anybody should use that as a release but I would get my stuff done either while I was drinking or after or before I started drinking but like the days that I would relax on the skin was the days you guys would all drive by and I'm on the front porch grilling up food you know like there's a lot of things that that resets my brain for me some of it's reading some of it's going for a drive listening to some music really loud or some of it's throwing some meat on the smoker and sitting for a couple hours and just BSing and you know after the day's over just sitting there and eating a bunch of good food yeah. You just got to find what what you're passionate about, chase it, and then figure out what calms you down. You know, you, yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, it could be going playing with your son or your daughter or your niece or your nephew. But don't forget, you know, it's okay to take breaks. Yeah, Stay focused, though. I think a lot of people forget to realize, you know, is it's okay to have multiple passions and multiple different things you like. You don't always have to focus on the one passion. Right. Like, for me, like, yes, they're similar, but training and coaching are two of my biggest passions. Like, I've got more passions, but those are, like, my number two. Yep. And they're probably the same. Like, I love them both the same, just at different times of the year. Yeah. Like, during the fall, of course, I love I love football more. In the winter, I love training more. Right. You know, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and make the assumption, you know, in my mind, coaching, training, it, it, it's the same thing as being a teacher. You know, it, it's it's not for everybody. It's a calling. And, you know, like I explained earlier, I, I had a little bit of a brief chance to do some football coaching. And um, in high school, I helped coach. You know, I wasn't a technical coach or anything like that. But, like, athletes would come up and ask me for help during track season. Like, hey, I need help with the high jump. Like, you, you seem to know what you're doing. Or I need help coming out the blocks for the 100-meter dash. And, you know, I, 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 was a four, I was a 400 hurdler at college. So it's not like I was – 100 meter dash guy or 400 meter dash guy but like I would take what I know and adapt it to what they're doing and what their technique is and how their body's built differently than mine and I would like help them through it and you know tell them what I think they're doing wrong and how they might be able to do it better for themselves and now I'm going to be a teacher and coach in the future dude this stuff's just a calling and for you and me our calling's pretty damn similar yeah definitely I'll do this it's all the same. Like people don't realize it, but it's exactly the same. Like you're just coaching. Is coaching is just teaching a different way. Yes. That's all it is. Hundred percent. And 
that's it's not for everybody. Like there's a lot of people I know that were really good at sports and they went on to try and coach and they failed miserably and they ended up hating it and then losing the love for their sport or whatever they were doing. It, it's not for everybody. It's it's not. I feel like for me, sorry to cut you off, man. No, you're good. But it's like for me, coaching was my void. Like you know, I struggled. Like I remember when football was over for me because it's all I knew forever. Is I called my mom and I should, I would start crying, man. Like I don't know what to fucking do because it's all I knew for so long and it's who I was. And, uh, shit, coaching was the only way I could fill that void. So for me, that's what it did. Like it fills that void for playing, and that's oh, yeah. the biggest thing. Once I started doing it, I was like. Now I need I need a football way more than football I ever needed to yeah, yeah. Now I need to give back to those who gave back to me. So like man, I want to help everybody every kid. Like my biggest thing, that's why I fell in love with high school is I love helping them kids get to college. Whether it's even just going to school and not playing ball or going to play ball. Like just knowing like man, when I hear them say Coach Sean, without you I wouldn't go to college. That makes all the long hours and the city pay for coaching high school worth it. Right. Like dude, I, I understand that on such a deep level because uh you know, like I said, I quit football senior year of high school, and then I went and played in this game, and, I, and then it got taken from me permanently. Like, yeah. I know now I just need to be patient, and then it'll probably come back into my life more than likely because that's what I'm called to do. Is like I know a lot about football. I've learned, you know, I played the game. I learned different levels of the game, and I've been able – like, not everybody that gets to play football gets the opportunity to sit and observe from the same level that they were playing at. You know what I mean? Like – I got to observe college football from the sideline for three years and understand the process behind it while I also got to play college football and understand that process. And there's just so many different types of things you got to go into it that people don't understand. And it, it, it's a wild concept, but it's rewarding. And, you know, like you said, I never wanted to believe that I needed football and that I, I was like, oh, football needs me. The team, they, they told me they need me back next year. They need me to be able to do this. No, that, that's that's unfortunate and sad that, you know, players lose the ability to play or they, you know, graduate and they can't play anymore. But if you needed the game like we needed the game, it's more rewarding to give back what you've learned so you can watch the game grow. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, that's how I feel about history and stuff. That's why I'm going to be a history teacher. I can definitely see you teaching history. I think you're really good at that. I can definitely see that. Dude, I love history. Like, I, me and Nick and Tom, we were talking at the end of the podcast, which that, the end of that podcast got kind of screwy because my microphone cut out and ended the podcast about 10 minutes before we realized it. Um, but... We were, we were talking about all kinds of crazy stuff and like I was just spitting facts that I've learned through books and stuff like that since I left college and like they were both like and just didn't even realize where I was getting this information I was just pulling it you know verbatim from memory yeah that's crazy but that's, that's hard to do <laughs> it is like I don't consider this very special or anything like that like I'm not trying to toot my own horn because I honestly don't think it's that that crazy of an ability but from like the American Revolution all the way up to present day every war or conflict that the U.S. has been in I can give anybody a general you know like it started this date this was the turning point of the war and this is the end date for every single conflict from the American Revolution all the way up to Iraq, Afghanistan man that's impressive like it's just stuff I find interesting so I hold on to it 
But uh, so, as we were talking earlier, you got all kinds of certifications. So I'm gonna read them off here for a second, and then uh, we'll get into a couple of them. So you're certified personal trainer. You're a certified yoga instructor. Certified speed agility and strength training coach. Certified nutritionist. A certified group specialist. A certified high intensity interval training coach and a certified fitness coach and a certified elite trainer yeah well that is a lot so a lot of those like the fitness one and the elite one those are kind of what the certification place i go through the more certifications they give you the you become from a fitness coach to an elite trainer so that's kind of where that one came from okay um the nutrition one was just something I feel like, man, I need to learn some more about nutrition. So it's kind of where I got that. Yeah. Yoga, when I started training, um, like after I was working, you know, a couple of years of doing it, I'm like, man, I've been doing yoga like off of YouTube with some of my players. I might as well get certified. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of my, a lot of my clients are always talking about, hey, I want to get my legs strong, I want to get my butts stronger and more toned up, you know, just stuff like that. It's like, well, I might as well get certified because I see the certifications. Like, might as well do it. Like, you know, it just makes sense. So right. that's the reason I did that. Now I'm actually going to work on trying to get the, the, the you know, the quote-unquote, the number one strength strength and conditioning training that a lot of uh, college coaches have. Yeah, we'll call it the that's Wetzel, the Wetzel yeah, certification. Yes, yeah, that one. So, <laughs> so <laughs> what exactly is a glute specialist? Is that like all, all based on, you know, your gluteus maximus? Yes, so it's just all talking about glute workouts and, you know, how do you strengthen the glutes? How do you how do you strengthen other muscles that help them? You know, these workouts help. These workouts people think help, but these ones actually help out more. So it's time to talk some more. What it taught me is, which a lot of it I felt like I already knew, the course taught me a lot more of like, hey, this is just a little bit of correction. Like, instead of doing a goblet squat, you might want to try hip thrust. And hip thrust actually helps your glutes more than that, right? Than a lot of people realize for your glutes. So that's pretty much all it is. Just okay. How to, you know, what to do more in depth with workouts. Yeah. So then my next question is the high intensity interval training. What What's that like? Is that like, you know, when you guys would do your workouts and spring ball early morning, you know, you're, you're doing like supersets and you're, you, you're going through your, you're trying to get your blood pressure up and do yeah, stuff so quickly. It's, just, it's getting that blood pressure going, man, just nonstop. So for me, for my for my hit workouts, what a lot of call is high intensity workouts. I do a lot of circuits for those because your blood pressure is going, you're nonstop working. So like I uh, I got this thing now. We call it uh, Circuit Saturday. It's a couple girls, um, two guys are all there every other weekend, and we do. Uh, I think the first week we started off with ten stations. Then we did 12. This past week we did 14 stations. Where next week we're gonna try 18, and it's 30 seconds each station. So, like I might do jump rope, uh, just nonstop. You might do bench for 30 seconds, lunges, um, you know, agility ladder, just different things as a rope. And you're just doing every station for 30 seconds each. Um, you get a break after you go through the whole round, whole every station, and then. We're back at it for another round, and you just keep going. So it's just getting that heart rate going, getting your blood, your blood flowing. Is that more for? Is that more for like conditioning your body for stress, and you know, being able to like go through a high intensity, stressful situation longer period at a time before you need a break, or is that just like, you know, it's just a mental stuff, mental toughness type thing? So it's a little of both, honestly, in my opinion. Every 
every person thinks differently, but I think it helps both. Um, I like it because, it, like I said, it gets your blood pressure up, and all of a sudden you get that break after the library station unless you can come back down then let's get it going again and also you burn more calories with it um so it's a ton it's a ton more work you're you're burning more calories without realizing it and it's also it's also a way of keeping cardio in without having to run right and that's why a lot of people do it that's why like a lot of the girls i train they like it because they don't like running yeah so we'll go ahead and do that instead so that's the way of getting their cardio in and you actually <laughs> it's one of them workouts where you're still burning them calories after you get done because your body's still adjusting to it. So that's why a lot of people like it. For the rest of the day, you're still burning. If I like, think usually two hours after is what the study said, but I've researched, um, your body's still burning them calories. Not as fast, but still at a rapid rate. Right. Like when you're just normally walking. See, those were the type of workouts that I hated while I was doing them. Hated them. But when I got yes. done with them and, you know, great. afterwards great. and stuff, I'm like, man, that was awesome. Like, I'll, I'd rather take that than, you know, a dilly dally, y'all. I got to do another set on bench and then I got to go over and do, superset it with curls or whatnot. Like, that, those were the things like you'd hate in the moment, but afterwards, like, that, that's, that's more beneficial for what I'm trying to do. Oh, yeah. Dude, I, um, my biggest, I, so I like to do high intensity. And I love doing superset. If I do anything, there's a superset with it. Yeah, and say so, yeah, I don't go to I don't go to the gym much anymore at all because you know it's just not my. I got used to the college gym where like you know you got your certain time you're allowed in there, and then you know the times where other people aren't even in there. And yeah. I got used to that. Like I like an empty gym, and I like being able to do things multiple things at once. And but whenever I step in a gym. I'm not just doing one thing and then, you know, relaxing for the, until the next set. I, I superset everything whenever I'm in the gym. And it's just like, I think it was a habit that was created in high school. And then, you know, I went through Wetzel's workouts and then the track workouts. So it was just something that's been ingrained in my head. Oh, yeah, that's, that's all I do is high intensity and superset of workouts. Like, that way you're at least getting, you know, you keep working, keep working nonstop. Like, right. I, that's why I train myself. Like, my buddy... He works out with me, and he does probably 75% of the workouts on leg days because I still do leg workouts like I'm playing. Like, I don't go as heavy on squat. Like, there's no need for me to do that. But, like, shit, like, a lot of the workouts, like, I still do hand cleans, power cleans, like, snatch pulls. Like, I do all that shit still just because I never stopped training like a football player. So, like, I work out like I'm a football player. I train a lot of people who, like, my quote unquote, you know, people are called normal athletes, like people I call like just a normal day person. I train them like an athlete because it's like shit. That's how I was trained. This is what I know. Right. So it's always like that nonstop. Like let's work, let's work. You're here for an hour. Let's get it in. Right. Like I, I have people ask me all the time because I've been pretty similar weight and like I've never lost a lot of muscle even when I quit sports and you know I've been out of I haven't ran in. I don't think I've ran since the last track meet at Muskingum my senior year conference outdoor. But, like, I, my physical body hasn't really changed and, and stuff like that. And people message me and be like, hey, how, how do I get in shape and stuff like this? And what, what would you recommend? And, like, I, because of my physical limitations and, you know, my uh, physical problems I've had that I had to go through doctors all my life, I'm not that type of person. I'm like sit there and crank weights out and grind your joints down, like because that's exactly where my problems are is my joints. So when people ask me what to squat, I say you know what, there's benefits to both. But if you're looking to like you know lose weight or you're looking to condition your muscles so you can go longer periods of time without having to take a break, what I'm going to say is you know. 
throw on the squat rack if you want to squat, if that's what you're looking to do. Though instead of throwing 225 on there and doing 10 sets of 10, throw 135 on there and do three sets of 25. Do the reps yeah, and condition your muscles. And I got like I got a kid who works out with me. He's he's committed to army. And he love, he's loving the phase we're doing now because it's five sets of four on bench. You know, feels super heavy. Right. Um, but shit, for a while we were doing four sets of twelve with a burnout of a hundred reps of the bar after. Yeah. And he's like, but I hate this. I was like, but you gotta build. This is one of the best ways to build your muscle. Right. Exactly. But you gotta do it. Nobody likes it. Like I don't even like it, but I gotta force myself to do it if I want to. You know. Right. In my, I mean, I may be wrong. You're the one that's certified, not me. But in my mind, it don't matter how strong you think you are, how many times you can throw up a heavy weight. If your muscles aren't conditioned, you're not going to keep it. Yeah, and that's when they always say you can, you can build muscle when you're doing 12 reps or something. Right. But if you try to build muscle, like you know, starting off with let me do three, let me do three reps forever and ever. It's not the same. It's not the same effect. Right. And say I'm more of a. Like, I don't, I don't know how to build a football body anymore. I've been that long out of it, you know, since my freshman year of college. I've not lifted like a football player. But I've never gotten out of the mentality of how to train track athletes for conditioning and stuff like that. And I hate core. Like, I, I hate it with a burning passion. I struggle with sit-ups and stuff like that. And I always have. But I still do them. You know, I, I still bust them out. And I look forward to when it hurts because then I know I actually accomplished something. Even though I'm right after I get up, I'm like, man, that that sucks. Like my stomach's hurting and stuff like that, you know. But th- there's definitely benefits. Like people come ask me or they get in a conversation with me, like, well, how do I lose this weight? And I'm like, you can pretty much do a, a, any number of things to lose weight. But the problem is, if you don't do it the right way, then you're gonna gain it back. And yes, I said, so that's why I tell people like, don't do a diet if you plan on going back to something else. Like, you need to change some habits a little bit, you know. Right. Maybe you don't snack and you change your your portions of your meals. And or if you're gonna do it, you know, take a break. Have two days or one day where you eat whatever you want. Like, you gotta make it a routine. Right. If you, as soon as you go back, you're gonna lose the results. And you gotta work out consistently. And I tell a lot of people. So when I first do it, people are gotta lose a ton of weight. The biggest thing I do is I put them on a treadmill and have them walk. Because people don't realize you burn more calories walking than you eat running. And it's way less stress on your joints. Way less stress. And nobody has a clue. Like, they're like, you're joking right now. I'm going to burn more calories walking. I'm like, yes. You will. It's proven study after study that it's, that's that's what happens. Yeah, and see, that's, that's sort of stuff like way up in my wheelhouse from what I learned in track. You know, because track is nothing but conditioning and running. I... I, all the time, I would tell people, like, they'd see me eat, like, Wendy's the day before a track meet and then go to practice. And they'd be like, doesn't that, like, isn't that going to mess with you tomorrow? I'd be like, no, because I haven't had Wendy's or any other type of junk food at all this week. So this is not going to affect me for tomorrow because I've limited my portion of the junk food and the grease and the salt. That's the biggest thing is limiting it. Like people just don't understand that, and it, it just comes with time of teaching. You know, you gotta learn. You gotta be willing to learn from other people. Right. That's the biggest. Thing. It comes back to that patience. You gotta. You, you can't expect results right away. And once you get the results, you can climb that mountain. You know, Rocky Balboa got the boxing title, and then he lost it because he lost his hunger. You gotta stay exactly. consistent. Got to. But it, there's all kinds of like. 
we could go on and on for a whole other podcast episode just talking like you know different ways of training football to track and then baseball to lacrosse or whatever you know and there's if people understand man there's a lot of stuff that overlaps and a lot of stuff you that doesn't overlap right you gotta pick and choose and everybody does it differently yep and the thing is if you've had a major injury i don't know if you had one in uh, Muskingum, but I mean, everybody knew I tore my shoulder up in college and I had surgery my junior year. I struggle with shoulder exercises, but you know, just because you know you have a physical limitation of something that's happened in the past, you can't cut it out and not work on it because you're afraid to hurt it. Like, I don't lift any heavy weight, but I make sure I still do something to keep the mobility and the flexibility and a little bit of strength there because if not, it's when I'm 60 years old. Do I ain't gonna be able to use my shoulder? And that's funny that you say that because I got a buddy said, "Why are we always doing shoulder exercises?" Dude, it's so important. I'm like, because I tore, I tore my shoulder in high school, and I promised myself I would never let that pain come back. It, it's a so different I, type of pain. Always do it. Always do. I had like my buddy the same. Like, he's like, dude, my shoulders, my traps, like everything is huge now. He's like, I can't fit a single dress shirt after working out with you. My neck's grown like three <laughs> sizes. Oh yeah. Like, it is what it is, dude. It is what it is. Right. Like, I mean, I still. Even with my prison workouts, because all I do is, you know, I do body weight squats, push-ups, dips, and curls, and with a weighted vest. When I'm doing dips or I'm doing push-ups, like, I can definitely feel in my shoulder where, where I had the injury, where, I, and stuff, like, and how I didn't let it heal correctly. I can feel that to this day, but I know, you know, like I said, when I'm 60 years old, if I go to use my shoulder and I'm not doing this stuff now, it's going to be 10 times worse. So I'd rather suffer through the pain now and keep keep it mobile, keep that scar tissue out of there than you know letting it build up and having to break that stuff because there's nothing worse than breaking scar tissue it hurts oh it sucks and like i had a posterior tear in my labrum from like 10 to 12 i think they said it was and i waited over 12 months to get it fixed and i was throwing footballs and i tore it throwing a javelin down there at muskingum i threw it like football which was bad but you know i was throwing footballs and i hear a little pop or something like that and it would take my breath away and then I'd you know catch my breath and be like I don't know what the heck's wrong with my body but I'm gonna, I'm gonna catch my breath here take some take way too much Tylenol and and then uh, I'm gonna go back and do it again so, so I, I definitely you know whatever I'd get out of my shoulder I do with my shoulder I did it to myself because I never took care of my body and that's another thing you have to you, you no one knows your body better than you so if something hurts something doesn't feel right Go. It, the worst case scenario, someone's gonna be like, "Oh, you're just you, you're tight. You need stretch, or you know, hey, you do have something wrong. Go get it looked at." There's nothing wrong with admitting to an injury or that you're not flexible or something like that. There's nothing wrong with it. Oh, nothing at all. And that was the opposite way I treated stuff in college. Like I was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm this big tough guy. I don't, I don't show pain. I, nothing's ever been wrong with my body. I'll, I'll be invincible for years and years." And I, I learned that in the hardest way possible. Not being able to use your arm for eight months. Oh yeah, rough. Oh yeah. But uh, all right, so we got a little bit time here left. Um, let's see. This is probably the biggest question right here. So we've went over how you got it, got Dreamcatcher running and rolling, and how the ups and downs you've went through and your different certifications what are your goals and dreams with it moving forward and like how are you planning to achieve them yeah so i um, 
I want to eventually open up my own facility, and um, I've been in the outlook with, you know, another guy trained, you know, the next year or so, we're going to move quick and get our own facility. Um, I want to eventually have a couple of facilities, like, have one in Cincinnati and Columbus, or like the two main spots, I want to have like a third place somewhere else, um, and get to the point where I train a couple times a week, and it's just the people I really want to train, and I just make money as the owner, really. And right. I, I've always had an entrepreneur mindset, like, I took business classes in high school, like, that's that's the thing I want to do with that, and then, man, I want to be a head football coach one day, so, like, those are, like, my two main goals, is I want to be a head coach and be a personal trainer and kind of more run the business side and have trainers under me and, you know, mentor them. That's my biggest thing, I think, is my goal is just to find a way to always mentor people and help them out, help them reach their potential. Right. Yeah, I, want to, I want to get to the point where I can own my own, faci- own facility and, you know, just kind of train here and there. So how, how are you planning on doing this? You said you are going to get your own, you were going to try and get in your own facility within a year or so. Um, any any steps you're gonna try and take to make it happen, or are you just gonna let life roll and see how it does? No, so I'm definitely planning out. Um, I'm working on a business plan. Um, you know, trying to get that ready and see out what, what all I need. I've been I've been trying to plan out what like all right, this is how much money I need to have to try to get the loan from the bank. This is how much I need to have to get the facilities. This is how much I want to. This is how much it would be if I build the facility. This is how much it is if I can find a place. You know, I'm looking all the all that. And, kind of got a guy I've been working with who I was also a personal trainer at the gym I'm at where we're kind of like, you know, this would be something pretty cool. You know, it might be longer than a year, but like, because a year is quick, but like I said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a go-getter and that's my goal. And I've told my mentor who also trains at that gym, like, man, my goal is to get my own facility in a year. Like, that's a steep goal, but if anybody can do it, it's you. So like, you know, it's just keep pursuing and finding different ways. And obviously the biggest way to do it is build my clientele. Keep growing as a, as a trainer myself. The more clients I got, the more opportunities I have to make money, and the more money I got, the better opportunity I have to get my own place. Right. That's exactly what I was thinking that would go. And you know what? I, I know a lot of people have tried to create their own gyms and stuff back from Carrollton or, um, you know, Marvis. I think he's still trying to do it, too. I don't know whether he's at in it. He's, he's doing pretty good, yeah. Uh, but, we, we talk every once in a while. Um, we follow each other on social media, try to share each other's stuff. Yeah. I still doing it a little bit, yeah. Mar- Marvis is another guy, like, you, but you especially, like, you know, I've seen those those days on the practice field where it was 95 degrees out, nobody wanted to be there. You turn around, you look at the defensive side of the ball, it was clear you wanted to be there. You, you didn't care about anything else in the world. You were there to work. You were there to have fun and, you know, do what you do. And I love ball. And that's, and that's like, dude, I, I found a way to – bring out another people like shit you know how it was even with halftime if we were down or up no matter what I had the same fucking energy we're gonna come out here and win this game like, 100% I made sure dude even I hated I hated 6 a.m. workouts hated them still oh yeah so this hated them. and I would tell people all the time like I would come in there with fake energy like I just as a guy that was looked at as a leader and a captain I knew I had to fake it because if I didn't fake it show act like I wanted to be there nobody else was gonna be there so that right. was my biggest thing man yep. yep and say that there's anybody that's going to make it and, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of NST training. I don't think I have. Um, I think they're Northeast Ohio, um, based out of, uh, I think, Akron now. And one of the guys, I didn't get to play ball with him because he's that much older than me at Carrollton. Um, but he went and played Robert Mor- He was safety for Robert Morris University. He, he works there now. 
um, they're they're a huge training like thing. They got three different buildings in three different major cities, and they just they go into local high schools and they train and stuff. And like, if there's anybody I know that can replicate that and you know move past what they've been able to accomplish, it's definitely you. Like, appreciate that. That there's so many people I know, but no one. Like, I obviously got to see Cheney's work ethic. I got to see Zach Berry's work ethic. I got to see, you know, the great athletes at Muskegon that ran tracks work ethic. I got to see all kinds of different people and stuff like that. But, like, there's a select group of people I can count on my hand that just have that extra gear, you know what I mean? And you're one of them. Yeah. Oh, definitely, man. I appreciate that. Like, I, I never had class with you, but I guarantee whatever you were able to do on the field, it started right there in that classroom. Man, I tell you, you know what really started is <clears throat> watching my parents. Man, their work ethic is unmatched. And I used to think it was just my dad, but the older I got, the more I seen. Like, yeah, my mom's a grinder too. Like, man, we're, we're a blue collar family. Like, that's all we know is work. You know, so yeah. like, shit, that's that's where I get it from. My dad can <clears throat> start his own business when when I was in middle school. So he was all he was like, uh, I want to say like thirty eight, something like that. You know, probably around that age when he finally started his own business. I'm like, man, I remember seeing dude work. From six a.m. until two in the morning, like shit. My dad can work that hard. I can fucking work that hard at twenty something. Right. So like that's that's where I get it from. Is my parents' hustle. That's where it started, and it just transferred over to football. Which because of football, it transferred over to the classroom. I took one time. There's no damn way I would have made it through college, shit, high school without football. Because football made me take shit serious. One hundred percent. I feel the same way. I mean, if I wouldn't have had football or Coach Ed or Coach Logan or Coach Gleason you know, helping me along the way in college, my attitude and the, my extracurriculars would have, you know, got me off that campus three years before I graduated because I was on a destructive path and then they, they kept me baseline until it, I came around. And like I said, I, now I'm out of it free. I, I, I'm tobacco free now. I'm, I'm completely scot-free and it feels great. Like my body feels healthy. I'm getting more sleep at night than I ever did. And I'm, I'm just, I'm busting out what I've wanted to do. And yeah, yeah. It, it all takes just, you know, having those good mentors. My mom and dad bust their ass their entire lives. My brother busts his ass. My sister busts her ass. You know, I've seen Coach Logan, Coach Eider, all those coaches and stuff I had growing up bust their asses for what they wanted and what they'd seen in other people and wanted them to achieve. So it, there definitely needs to be more people like us out there. Oh, definitely, man. But, but uh, so I wrote down some of your social medias here. I don't know if they're personal ones or not. Uh, go ahead and uh, put them out there. And if you want to put your personal ones out there for people to follow, then that's more than welcome. Um, the one I, I think might be your personal one or maybe just a separate one is the the Twitter one is at, at Coach Shone. Um, yeah, that's like that's like my main one. I use that for coaching, but that's the only Twitter. That and my dream catch one. The only right. Twitter is I so if people want to follow them, that's Coach Shown, uh, S-C-H-O-N, and then uh, at D-C-T Training 513. And then, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Dreamcatcher Training. And then, believe it or not, your boy has a TikTok. I do. And that that's awesome because we actually started following each other on TikTok about two, three weeks ago. Um, yeah. But that one is Dreamcatcher Training 513, all one word. So... Give him, a, give him a look up. Go see what he's about. The, the man works hard. There's not, nobody else that I know works like he does and what he does. So 
he, he definitely deserves everything that he's going to get. So. I appreciate that, brother. You're going to do the same thing, man. You're going to do great things, man. I'm going to keep working. You know what? If this fails or it, it succeeds, it doesn't matter. I'm going to have fun with it while it lasts, and, you know, I'll, I'll learn from it and go forward. Heck, yeah. I appreciate you letting me come on and tell my story a little bit, man. Heck, yeah, man. It, hey, I plan on getting you back on here in the future and checking in on them goals. Maybe, maybe we can get Darius on here so we can, you know, tag team him defensively versus offense. Oh, definitely. I'm all in for that. Oh, yeah. I mean, Darius, you know, like I said earlier, he, he used to bully me in the route running area. But you you ask him how many times he wanted to run across the middle and catch a ball when he knew I was coming downhill. <laughs> that wasn't good at, you know, I couldn't catch shit. I, I was horrible at catching a football in the moment. And I, I was very easy to beat in a sprint to the end zone. But when you had the ball and you were in open field, you didn't want me anywhere near you. Oh, yeah, I already know. I, I, that's one thing I took pride in. Like, you know, I was one of the – I was probably – one or one offensive freshman my freshman year got moved up before me or right after me at the same time or something like that. But, you know, my freshman year with Cheney and Zach Barry and, you know, that defense we had that year, I, I was moved up third day at camp onto the varsity team. So, I mean, I wasn't the best player, but I have that work ethic and stuff. So, Darius knows he doesn't run a – he don't run crossing routes with me on the field. <laughs> That's right. But, uh, yeah, anything else you want to you get out there, any inspirational quotes or anything like that? Uh, Prices, you know, great day to be great, man. Always be great. Just strive for excellence. Yes, sir. I believe it. Alrighty, well, I mean, I appreciate you coming on here, man. Um, you know, this would probably be one of the podcast episodes that will get the most views, and I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to this podcast for weeks, man. I've, I've been wanting to get you on here for weeks. Me too. I think so. Hopefully, 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 get a lot of views for this man. I hope so. So, like, it, this has the Grindstone Adventures name to it, but it doesn't have to be all you know, hunting or fishing outdoors. Like, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get more personality, more opinions, and different things in the world on here. So, this is just a place for guys come to be dudes, or you know, friends of mine come to be people, and you know, sit down and have a conversation. Like, yeah. I'm not Joe Rogan, but I try and model after Joe Rogan. Oh yeah. But. I appreciate it, man. I, I'll have to hit you up and let you know when this is dropping. I think it'll be March 11th. This will come out, 10 a.m. Hey, sounds good to me. But I appreciate it, man. Uh, oh, yeah. Stay safe out there and, you know, keep grinding. Oh, yeah, you too, man. Keep working. Keep working. It's going to pay off. Appreciate it. Take it easy, buddy. All right, brother. See you. Later. So... Uh, like I said, I've been looking forward to this podcast for a couple weeks now. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to play ball with Brandon. I, I wanted to so bad. His energy and his passion he brought on the field, unmatched. Um, he, he was just, you know, one of those people that always put in the work and always does, even to this day. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how he's going. I, I look forward to seeing what he can accomplish. And, you know, years down the road being like, yeah, I, I know that guy personally, like, you know, I can send people over to him or whatnot if once I'm a coach. And, you know, when he makes it big, I can tell people I knew him. So, um, like I said, that this episode will be dropping March 11th. Um, got some got some people in the works for upcoming weeks. Um, every episode drops on a Friday at 10 a.m. So, um, with that, 
you know, like you said, it's a great day to be great. Go out there and have fun, live your lives, enjoy everything. Um, just go be you. And with that, this is Grindstone Adventures. I'm your host, Zach Fear, and I am out.